In this episode, we'll run through the general themes of last year's cases relating to misleading and deceptive conduct in a business sale. Understanding what hit the courts in 2016 gives us an overview of examples of what can go spectacularly wrong in this area and a few insights into the ways we can all protect ourselves for the many traps in the sales and acquisitions environment. Whether you're a professional advisor or a business who is looking to buy or get ready for sale. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Welcome to the Deal Room Podcast. I'm Joanna Oki. Let's kick off then with the themes coming out of the courts in 2016. And to kick it all off, we'll talk about the very meaty area of misleading and deceptive conduct. There were some really strong themes emerging in 2016 in relation to information being provided by vendors and their advisors, which led to some large judgments being awarded by the court against vendors and their advisors. And sorry, I just want to take a stop here and explain some terminology along the way. Some of the people listening to this podcast will be all over the terminology of vendors and purchases, but for people who aren't, let's explain. Vendors are the people who are selling the business, and I'll use the term vendors throughout our podcast interchangeably together with the word sellers. So vendors are sellers and on the other side of each business sale transaction uh, sitting across the table from our vendor or our seller is our buyer or our purchaser. So we've got our vendors and our purchasers or you might call them our sellers and our buyers. It doesn't matter what terminology we use to refer to them, but I just wanted to make it clear from the outset what we're talking about. So anyway, getting back to the themes from 2016, as I said, misleading and deceptive conduct or the area of misrepresentation provides some important lessons for both vendors and their accountants and their brokers. So the claim of misrepresentation or misleading and deceptive conduct often comes as a result of having poor systems in place in the business that's looking to be sold. Some of the cases that we saw in 2016 related to intentionally misleading actions, but others of the cases simply involved staff or business software that incorrectly reported or recorded key financial information. So the lesson from the 2016 misleading and deceptive conduct cases for vendors is number one, to ensure that they seek good quality advice leading up to a sale in relation to how to ensure their systems and people are recording information correctly. Number two, get advice during the transaction on how to provide financial and other information that is requested so that it isn't done in a way that allows someone to draw incorrect assumptions or to mount a claim that the information is misleading. Because often the line is a bit grey as to what is misleading and what isn't. And so the number three lesson for vendors is to be very careful 
during due diligence about what you say and what information you provide and how you say it or how you provide it. There are a number of cases in which vendors ended up being victorious in defending cases alleging misleading and deceptive conduct in the figures they had provided simply because even though the original figures were inaccurate, further information that they had given during due diligence had rectified any original inaccuracies. So you can see the theme arising out of this is that due diligence is an important point of a transaction, both in ensuring that you don't create risk by providing information that's inaccurate or misleading, but also in enabling you to remedy any initial financial information that might have been seen as misleading. For accountants and brokers, it was an interesting year with a number of cases, including professional advisors, as they were the ones to have actually communicated the information to the purchasers. So 2016 acted as a reminder for advisors in this area to be careful about their roles, be careful about information that they're passing on and ensure that it's clear that you're not warranting the accuracy of that information. So in some future episodes of the Deal Room podcast, I'm going to talk about some of these cases in further detail so that we can provide clearer information for accountants and brokers and other advisors acting in sale and purchase transactions about what has gone wrong in the past, where the risks potentially are for them and what you can do to protect yourself. So stay tuned for those episodes where we go through this information in more detail. But back to the high-level themes of 2016, we also saw some interesting cases that involve individual directors of companies personally. And I think it's really important to draw attention to these cases because it reminds us all of the high stakes that can be involved in this sales environment. We have warranties and indemnities that often form part of business sale or share sale purchase and sale transactions. And what this means is that individuals who have provided personal warranties or personal guarantees that relate to these warranties in the sale need to be really careful about the ramifications to them personally. Because whilst in the past they may have had the separate entity of a company or another type of business structure to hide behind or to veil and protect them from risk involved in conducting the business, sometimes the documents that form part of the sale transaction act to pierce that veil by personal guarantees that are imported into these situations. So this is where it becomes critical for business owners who are involved in the sale managers and advisors to understand the risks that they are dealing with. And it really was highlighted by some of these actions that we saw in 2016 against the individual directors of the companies that related to the sale. you for listening to this episode. You just heard an overview of the 2016 cases that hit the courts relating to misleading and deceptive conduct in a business sale and discussed the important lessons for sellers, their accountants and their brokers. Up next in episode three, we will delve a bit into the details of these cases. We'll identify important reminders for purchasers and their advisors in the area of misleading and deceptive conduct, employment issues and reasonableness and enforceability of restraints, among other things. And finally, if you liked what you heard, we'll give you a bottle of Moe to celebrate with us on this launch. Just head over 
over to iTunes and leave us a fabulous review. We have six bottles of Moe that are chilling for the first six stellar reviews for this podcast. This offer is open for everyone listening in Australia. Hang tight for the last episode in this three-part podcast launch series. See you at number three. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.